All right, Acts 10.38 is where we're going to start. I want to talk about healing for a little bit, just some foundational ideas about about healing the sick. <clears throat> Acts 10.38. Peter, Peter is preaching. I love all of Acts 10. Starts with a, an angel visiting an unsaved Gentile and then Peter falling into a trance and then Peter following the instructions in the trance and going and preaching. There's a lot of, if you want more of the supernatural in your life, reading Acts 10 is a really great idea because there's just so much wild and crazy stuff going on. But Peter's preaching and in the middle of his message he says, You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. God, if um, you need an argument for the Trinity, it's all here in this verse. God the Father anointed the Son with the Holy Spirit. And he went about doing good and healing all. Healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Um, There's a bunch of times in the Gospels where it says that a group of people, a multitude gathered around him, and he healed all. He healed all of their sick. And I love that it says, he was healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Jesus, the one qualification Jesus needed to be able to heal everyone that was oppressed by the devil was that God was with him. So guess who else qualifies? Aha, everybody else, everybody in this room, everybody that has a relationship with Jesus. God is with you. And based on that and that alone you can heal. You can lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Mark 16. You will not find anyone, you will not find a record in the Gospels of somebody coming to Jesus for healing and not receiving healing. It is not there. Um, And Jesus, in Hebrews 1, is the exact representation of the Father. So that means logically, scripturally, every Jesus, whenever he ministered to somebody that needed healing, they received healing. And he's the perfect representation of the Father. So that means the Father's heart and desire is to heal everybody. Psalm 103 says that God forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. He forgives all my sin, heals all my diseases. That means, you know, there was a time in church history when having assurance that you were forgiven of your sin was difficult. People would wrestle with God. You know, Charles Finney wrestled with God for hours to get a breakthrough in receiving forgiveness or becoming aware that he had received forgiveness of sin. We don't do that so much anymore in, you know, the vast majority of the Christian church, it's very like, pray with, pray a prayer with me and you can know that Jesus has forgiven your sin. You know, just come to the cross once and you will know you're forgiven. It's become easier, right? 
second half of that verse, he forgives all my sin and heals all my diseases. Mm -hmm. I believe that the Lord wants to take his church to a place where healing is as easy as forgiveness. And most of, most churches, most of the church worldwide, we're not quite there yet. But I do believe we're going there. Because we see it in the life of Jesus. Um, we see it in, in the book of James. If you're sick, call for the elders. They'll anoint you with oil, and the prayer of faith will ra raise the sick person up. It doesn't say, if it's God's will, the prayer of faith will raise the sick person up. Because God's will is implied there that his will is healing. Am I making sense? Um, <clears throat> let's see. By his stripes, I'm healed. His stripes are good enough for everybody, for every disease, every injury, every sickness, always. So the question then becomes, what do we do when we see somebody not get healed? Whether you're praying for yourself or you're laying hands on somebody to receive a healing. What do we do when that doesn't happen? Interestingly, there's zero teaching on this in the Bible. Hmm. Because it wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> we weren't supposed to need teaching on what to do when somebody doesn't get healed because it wasn't supposed to happen. And this is a very short, being as short as this message is, there's a million questions that can pop up. Um, what do you do with Paul's thorn? What do you do with this, that, and the other thing, and um, that's just going to have to be a message. Messages for another time, conversations for another time, um, recommended reading for another time. But um, So what do we do in the here and now? Okay, it's great to say Jesus healed everybody that came to him. Now we're the body of Christ, so we should see everybody healed because it's really important and it's God's heart. What do we do with when... Well, there's a couple options when somebody doesn't get healed. We can adjust what we believe about God to fit what we're experiencing. Yeah. So we can do we can do that and many have done that. Well, maybe it wasn't God's will for this person to get healed. Despite what I see in scripture, despite Jesus the ministry of Jesus, so much evidence, probably it just wasn't God just didn't want to do it. So that's why it didn't happen. We can do that. And we could say, we could create all kinds of reasons that God wouldn't want to heal somebody. Like, he's teaching me, fill in the blank. He's teaching me patience. He's teaching me joy. He's teaching me character through this sickness. And if I had the ability to heal my child of something, a life-threatening disease perhaps, and I didn't because they were learning something through it, uh, I should probably be in jail. Or they should go find another dad. Yeah? I know I'm taking a bite out of a massive theological issue here, but whatever. I got 15 minutes. I'm good. We'll cover it all. Um, so we can create these ideas to justify our experience. Now, I'm not content to do that. I would much rather ask, what is it about my experience, how can I change my experience to live up to what I see in the word and to what I know about God? How can I change my experience? So if I pray, if I'm praying for the sick and I have an average success rate of 10%, you 
You know, I lay hands on 10 people and one of them gets healed. Number one, we should celebrate that one healing because that's awesome. Yeah. But if I want to move from 10% to a higher percentage, I would advise, if you if you are interested in moving to a higher percentage, I would advise finding somebody that prays for 10 people and two of them get healed. Like, find somebody that's moving at 20% and see what you can learn about what they do, how they live, what they believe, to adjust your approach, to adjust your life, to see increase. And then maybe you could find somebody that moves at 30%. And Jesus moves at 100%, so you can always go to him. You can just, Jesus, lay hands on me for impartation, because I want a greater percentage. I want a greater release of healing through my life. There's this great verse in Hebrews uh, 13. It says, remember those who led you and considering the outcome, considering the outcome of their life, imitate their faith. Whoever wrote Hebrews said, remember the people that led you. Remember the people that spoke into your life. Remember the people that have gone before you in the faith. Consider the outcome of how they lived and then imitate them. Do what they did. Believe what they believed. It's not so much about doing what they did, it's about believing how they believed. That's the biggest, that's the biggest piece. Um, so I love reading about, I'm reading through Defining Moments by Bill Johnson. Um, God Encounters with Ordinary People Who Change the World. It's, each chapter is a different historical revivalist, whether it's uh, John G. Lake, Charles Finney, Mariah Woodworth Etter, and just some tidbits about their life showing you their God encounter that released them into their ministry of miracles and signs and wonders and salvation. And then some tidbits about how they lived so that we can go back and say, huh, what can I learn? Like John G. Lake disease could not survive on his hand. What, what was it about his relationship with God? God, what can you teach me through his life where I can get there or I can do what he did? Does that make sense? Um, so when somebody doesn't, when you don't see a healing, the temptation is to, to question the nature of God, to question God's will. And that's not how we're going to do it here. We are going to believe that he's always good and that he wants to bring healing and that if there's some lack in the equation, it's not on his end. I want to take ownership. If I pray for somebody and they don't get healed, I want to go to the secret place and say, God, give me a greater breakthrough. God, release more healing through my life. God, I pray and just pray and ask God. And then go back at it. Try again. Right? I also love receiving impartation. I believe laying on of hands for impartation is biblical and real. Um, I first started seeing the sick healed after Todd Bentley laid hands on 2,000 people at a conference. And some people, you know, oh, I don't want to just be a conference junkie and I don't want to, you know, impartation is silly and whatever. I'm like, well, that's fine. You can go on believing that. That's wonderful. And I don't want to be a conference junkie either, but um, I've had some pretty powerful God times at yeah. conferences at the same time. So um, you can get imbalanced in, in anything. Um, but he laid hands on 2,000 people and I don't remember falling over. That was one of those that like I did fall over, but I don't remember from the time I was standing to the time I woke up on the floor. I don't remember falling and that's you know that's not happened to me very often but i went back to where i was and started praying for sick people and they started getting healed 
at a much higher percentage um, than what it was before. So something happened in that transaction of him laying hands on me and then me stepping out and using what I had just received from the Lord. Something happened. And there's a, there's a, a lot of uh, teaching that says impartation is not real because we already have everything because we have God in us. And I believe we have the Holy Spirit in us, so we have we have Him. So what could we be missing? But at the same time, I believe that we can receive through each other what the Holy Spirit wants to release in our life. And I don't know how to explain that, but I don't really care that I don't know how to explain it. I'm like, let's have both. Like, I have the fullness of God in me, but I also need what you have in you. What's God doing in you that He wants you to release in my life? And what's God doing in me that he wants me to release in your life? You know, what, what's God not going to give me, just me and him alone, that he, he needs me to access it through you? Because we're the body of Christ. So I'm okay with the, the mystery of he's in me, I have the fullness of God, and I also am not, I can't have everything, I can't move in everything without you and what you give to my life. I'm okay with the mystery. And if I think of a better way to explain that, maybe I will sometime, but I'm okay. I'm okay not understanding. Because as soon as I bring my experience of God into what fits in my brain, then I've like shrunk God to somebody that fits in my brain. And that would be really sad. Yeah? If you're listening to the recording, you can't hear the... It's just such a high quality recording. You can't hear anything that the crowd is saying. It's just, and the cheers, the cheers and the amens and the loud shouting doesn't come through. Um, so trust me though, it's happening. Um, you guys get it? That's, this is, this is where I want to be on. I don't want to reduce, if I can just leave you with something. God wants to heal everybody. And signs and wonders and healing is super important to the ministry of the church. Um, and also, when something happens in life that doesn't line up with God's revealed heart and will in Scripture, I do not want to change what I believe about Scripture to fit my experience. I want to press in and find out what I can change in my experience to line up with Scripture. And, you know, God always provides abundantly for all my needs. Maybe I'm not experiencing that, but I'm not going to say, well, maybe that's not actually God's will. I'm going to press in. I'm going to ask God, what do I need to do? You know, what's release this in my life? Position myself to experience what I know he wants to release. Make sense? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I will learn how to work this recorder sometime.